Hello and welcome to this episode of Coaching Chaos. Thank you so much for joining me. My heart is full of reflection this morning. It is a Sabbath day and I have been reading in the Come Follow Me manual to the Book of Mormon and reading about holding to the iron rod and reflecting upon conference talks, a wonderful one by Neil A. Anderson. It is truly wonderful. And it is from October 2010 called Never Leave Him. So I'm going to go ahead and start. I'm just going to plunge right in. Yesterday, I was feeling pretty down. And I was praying vocally to Heavenly Father. And sometimes I get a little nervous about praying vocally because I think Satan can hear me and he knows what I'm worried about. But for some reason, when Joseph Smith prayed vocally, he had the most miraculous vision. It was a world event. It was something that Satan knew would happen because he was right there to seize him. And he was praying vocally. Heavenly Father is aware of our needs and he's aware of our pain and anguish. And so it doesn't matter if Satan hears us. Heavenly Father will be there for the rescue. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. But as I was feeling some discouragement Something something that I do is I will write down in my notes in my phone under a heading called Seeking Help. And I just write down the things that are troubling me at the time. Items that I am seeking blessings for, seeking help, and I just write them down in this. And I hadn't gone back in a while to review these things because I just put them out there, put them in my notes, and I feel like I've just put them somewhere. And it feels better. And so as I was going back and reviewing back from 2015, 16, 17, I realized that every single one of the things that I was seeking help and relief and blessings four had had been taken care of that truly as elder holland said in his last conference talk when do blessings come he said by and by and as i was reading through this list the feelings of of what i was feeling then the anguish towards some of those huge concerns that I had. And I had quite the extensive list in some of those years, in some of those moments. And I remember feeling like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to get out of this? How will my children recognize what they need to do? How will we pay for this? Where are we going to go? How is this going to happen? Why is nothing changing? Why, how, when, all of those things? What are your moments that you are feeling anguished over? Why, the how, 
When is this going to happen? When am I going to have the blessings? When is the relief going to come? As I was reviewing my list from a few years ago, I I promise you, every single one of them became resolved. The blessings came. Things were sorted out. We figured it out. And, and as I was looking at that list, some of them were huge monetary matters. And I was bewildered as I was reading this. Wow. We got through that. How did we do that? Well, I am sitting here five, six years later, standing all amazed at the love my Savior offers me. And the blessings do come by and by. Truly, it says in Psalm 26, Now know, I that the Lord saveth his anointed, he will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. That is true. From the saving strength of our Father's hand, he will hear us and he will rescue us. So thinking about Joseph Smith, before the grove became a sacred place where two heavenly beings visited him, for a moment it was his darkest place. But keep in mind, Joseph Smith describes that he was wrestled with some unseen source He was bound. His tongue was bound. He thought he was going to die. And God knew this was happening. As soon as Joseph knelt to pray, it's interesting to think that knowing that Heavenly Father did appear and that he appeared with his son, our brother, Jesus Christ, Isn't it interesting that as soon as he knelt to pray that they did not arrive on the scene immediately? That Heavenly Father allowed the struggle. He allowed him to experience the darkness almost to his demise. And then here our Father arrives. He arrives to the rescue, to our rescue. Heavenly Father, in that moment, knew of his struggle. He knew that his heart was heavy. He knew he was seeking for answers. But very, very soon after the struggle, the grove became a sacred and hallowed ground. But still, prior to that happening, Heavenly Father did not prevent that darkness, that struggle from happening. It was important for him to experience that. He allowed Joseph Smith to endure. That thick darkness that he described gathered around him and made him feel even that he was doomed to his sudden destruction. But Heavenly Father knew that in just moments 
a pillar of light would be descending and rapture would fill his bosom. But in those moments, Heavenly Father needed him to feel the strength of the adversary and to have that experience. I just love that in those final moments where he thought he was about to die, the struggle was so great that our father appeared to the rescue. When just when Joseph Smith felt he could bear no more, the father and son appeared. And Never Leave Him by Elder Neil A. Anderson, he says, the Lord has not left us alone in our quest to return to him. Listen to his warning words alerting us to take dangers ahead. Take heed, watch and pray. Beware, lest ye be deceived. Be watchful and careful. Beware, lest ye also fall from your own steadfastness. No one is immune from the influences of the world. No one is immune from the adversary, from Satan. No one is immune from this. Jesus Christ's experience in Capernaum as disciples who had followed the Savior would not accept that he was the Son of God. The scripture reads, From that time many of his disciples walked no more with him. Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Will ye also go away? And as I read this, of course, my first reaction is, No, I will never leave him. I will stand by my Savior. I will stand by the truthfulness of the gospel. I will stand by it forever. He will not even have to ask me that question. He will already know. But there are moments in my life where, as I've made my lists of pleadings for help, I must ask, what is it that I can do to be strengthened? that I can overcome the midst of darkness. How do we, we, we remain true? Elder Anderson asks us. How do we remain true to the Savior, his gospel, and never leave him? How do we develop the faith and strength? How, how do we? And his answer to this is to never be offended. And then I go, oh yeah, to never be offended. Well, that means I can't be offended about this and this and this and this. And so there are moments in my life that I actually have left him when I have been offended. To those troubled by the Savior's divinity, Jesus asked, does this offend you? In the parable of the sower, Jesus warned, he endureth for a while, but when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. I have been offended. I have had my feelings hurt in and outside of the church. Friendships have ended. Frustrations have surmounted. Anger has seized my day. People that I believe in have disappointed me. I'm sure I've disappointed others. We have unanticipated difficulties. Our life doesn't turn out exactly the way we were expecting. We make mistakes. We feel unworthy and worry about being forgiven, 
we wonder about a doctrinal issue. We learn of something spoken from a church pulpit 150 years ago that bothers us. Um, Our children are treated unfairly. We are feeling ignored or underappreciated. Elder Anderson says it could be a hundred things, each very real to us. In our weakened, weakened moments, the adversary seeks to steal our spiritual promises. If we are not watchful, our injured, childlike spirit will retreat back into the cold, dark crust of our former bloated ego, leaving behind the warm, healing light of the Savior. So being offended, he says, causes us to retreat back into the cold, dark crust of our former bloated ego. Just that statement alone right there, I don't want to ever be offended. But I said these words in my last podcast in Seize Upon, in reading Joseph Smith history and revisiting the first vision, the moment that Joseph was seized upon by a dark power, it gave total realization to myself, how often for all of us, a dark power seizes upon us. And right now I'm talking about being offended. But it comes in many different forms with Satan's only goal is to stop the work from progressing. This often comes to women as we feel less than. And so what happens? His work that he has set for us to do is thwarted. It is halted. And I have most recently come to recognize moments when I am seized upon as truly Satan trying to stop my progression and therefore my father's work, such as yesterday, I was being seized upon in a moment of despair and feeling such sorrow. I feel like my father's hand was extended to me and he pulled me up out of that darkness Truly, as I read the list from five and six years ago of all the things that I had listed that I was in desperate, dire need of, they have been taken care of. And there's only one source that provided that relief, and that is from God. We as daughters of God have a great work to perform and Satan knows this and knows how to bring us to despair. This to me is testimony, even proof to the truthfulness of the first vision of the gospel. I have often had these feelings of hopelessness that I I just wanted to give up. Rejection, exaltation. So I'm grateful for the little list that I began a few years ago and I titled it Seeking Help because I have been able to go back and look on my little lists of things that I was agonizing over and see them, that they have been resolved, every single one of them. In First Nephi, a great and spacious building And it stood as if it were high above the ground. I believe that's in chapter 8, verse 26. A great and spacious building, and it stood as it were in the air, high above the ground. 
A woman in Relief Society a few years ago pointed out that the large and spacious building in the air was not solid on the earth or on the ground proves that things of this world have no foundation. And I put that in my notes in my scriptures, in my device, in my phone. And I'm grateful for that app that I can pull my phone out and read the little pockets of sunshine that it offers that Elder Richard G. Scott referred to it as. So in verse 24, we do read that some are clinging to the iron rod and came and partook of the fruit. And however, they were mocked and they felt ashamed. And then there were others who were holding fast to the iron rod and they partook of the fruit. And so what is the difference between one clinging and one holding fast? Held fast, thinking about it, I wonder if the first group, they were worried or unsure, and unsure, not confident by just clinging to it. But the second group that he mentions, they're holding fast. And I read a a response from someone that described what holding fast is as it's used by sailors. It means to stay firm and upright during the storm. It also means to remain true to your beliefs and principles, to be unwavering in your courage and determination to achieve the goal. So clinging isn't going to cut it. It's hold fast through the storm. Elder Anderson tells the story of Frederick G. Williams. He was a prominent medical doctor who was baptized into the church in 1830, and he immediately gave of his talents and prosperity to the church. He became a leader. He donated property for the Kirtland Temple, and in 1837, he got caught up in the difficulties of the times, and he made some pretty serious mistakes. And therefore, he had his leadership and his church standing removed. The beautiful lesson we learn from Frederick G. Williams is that whatever his personal weaknesses, he had the strength of character to renew his loyalty to the Lord, the prophet of the church, when it would have been so easy to have disintegrated into bitterness. In the spring of 1840, he presented himself at a general conference, humbly asking for forgiveness for his conduct and expressing his determination to do the will of God in the future. His cause was presented by Hiram Smith and he was freely forgiven and he died a faithful member of the church. And so recently, Elder Anderson met the president of the Red Cliff Recife, Recife Brazil Temple and that president's name of that temple was Frederick G. Williams. He said he recounted how his great-great-grandfather's decision of character had blessed the family and hundreds of his posterity. Can you imagine the different road his family would have been led to had he not come back? I think about Nephi, and I think about Laman and Lemuel. I think about those two paths, 
I think about Nephi's path. And if I'm firm on my path today, I have a very strong feeling I would have been firm on my path then. So because of all the blessings that I have received over the last several years in my lifetime, but particularly my list of seeking help, Elder Neil A. Anderson says, where much is given, much is required. He said, some ask, do I have to be so different from others in following the principles of the gospel and keeping my covenants? Can't I be a disciple of Christ without thinking so much about my behavior? Can't I love Christ without keeping the law of chastity? Can't I love him and do what I want on Sunday? Jesus gave the simple answer. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I do. I love him. I've kept his commandments and therefore my blessings have been answered my pleadings, my strife, my despair, my needs for myself and for my family have been taken care of. In the hymn, How Firm a Foundation, it reads, The soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose, I will not, I cannot desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never No, never, I'll never, no, never, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. So the Savior asked his apostles, will ye also go away? And Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. We believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I believe this with all my heart. I am so grateful for the gospel. And if these words have helped you today, that as you are seeking help, or if you know of somebody that is seeking help, and that as I can stand as witness that I know that things do become blessed, we become strengthened, we have the ability to withstand as we stand fast, holding fast to the iron rod through the storm, we will see just as Joseph Smith did. Two heavenly beings, a pillar of light, a hand extended, the darkness dispelled. He will always be there for us. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of Coaching Chaos. See you next time.